Hi guys, welcome back. Hello everybody, Mel here. And this is Ines, and welcome back to another episode of Crochet Conversations. Today, we're gonna do something a little bit easier, not so technical, not so technique heavy, and maybe talk about something a little bit more fun, or in my case, not fun, because we're gonna talk about my personal crochet pet peeves. Oh, okay, this would be interesting. So, as we were researching or planning ideas for podcast episodes, we were thinking that it would be funny if I share a little bit about the things that drive me absolutely crazy when it comes to crochet. And these are the things that I don't like about me. Not just crochet itself, but like the topic in general. Okay, let's let's hear some of that. So, you don't know any of them, right? I haven't no. shared them with no, you. Do yeah. you have any pet peeves? Because I think this would just be me sharing my crochet pet peeves that I've sort of like collected. <laughs> do, do you say collected? Collected well over over the decade, yeah. I think. Uh, I don't crochet as much. So to be honest, I don't think I have any pet peeves. Okay, but okay. maybe if you start mentioning a few, I might be able to relate to some. Okay, so just a disclaimer. These are things that are personal to me and my own experience with crochet. If you are someone that does any of these, um, I there is no disrespect <laughs> and I don't mean to offend anybody. It's just like my personal, it's just, you know, it's just like why I prefer one thing over another thing. And so this is similar to that. Okay, let's hear some of it. Okay, so I didn't think that I had so many. <laughs> As you're trying to list down your black, you are like... Yeah, so the more I started listing down, the more I realised that Oh gosh, there's so much that I don't like. (laughs) And you know, I guess it's like, there's a bigger lesson here that the more you start thinking about negative things, Uh more and more negativity will come. But I don't mean this in a negative way. It's just, I thought that it was funny. Or I think like personality-wise, you are pretty uh, like, yeah, I would say like, in your this craft, you're quite a perfectionist also. I don't know yeah, whether it very has, much so, yeah, yeah. relate to certain pet peeves that you don't like, you know. Yeah, okay, so I have... Let me check. I have eight in total. Okay, that's so not that's, a lot, actually. I really? Thought be more. I think that's quite a lot. I don't even think I can count as many pet peeves if it's not related to crochet, like in my own life. Okay, that's true. Mm. I don't even think I have eight pet peeves. <laughs> okay. You know, like, you know, maybe like the way if people walk and they drag their slippers, that's a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have eight. Or like eating with like your mouth like open. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's yeah. A, I mean, I say I don't think I have eight, but this is already two. But okay, so let's start, okay? Number one, I hate it when people say that the recommended hook size is what's on the label. I hate the misconception. I just, I like... I like things to be, like, I like information to be accurate. And as long as the information is accurate, you can do with it what you will. You can choose to ignore it or not. But it, the information needs to be accurate. So I you're think. saying that information is not correct. It's incorrect. Yes. So when you pick up a yarn ball and you read the label, they always have, like, the swatch gauge and they always have, like, the hook size. And they always write recommended hook size. But I've come to realize or I've learned that it's not actually the recommended hook size it's just the size of the needle used to create the swatch gauge information that they give you why would on the they back. use the word recommended hook size then? because 
because that's what they tried it in and that's what works so they would recommend you use mm. it for that particular ball but it's there is no such thing as a recommended hook size <laughs> okay. everybody's hook to yarn tension is different everybody works differently everybody has a preference so I think it's very misleading to say uh-huh. that oh I follow okay and the reason why I developed I would say develop this pet peeve is because students that approach me and say that oh I use what was recommended at the back of the label and in fact lots of people say that but it's not it's actually what size hook they use the manufacturers use to create that swatch gauge and give you those numbers that's all I think the word recommended, like you say, is very misleading then. I mean, it's yeah. so confusing because I, as a beginner, would look at that and would think that, okay, I should use this hook, hook size then. Yeah, and I started realising this because uh, pe- my students would come back to me with a, a, a very odd-looking swatch and they the swatch is either like too tight or too loose. And when I ask, oh, why didn't you, you know, like switch to another size hook yeah that works better for you or one that we tried doing our classes and they say oh no because I bought this yarn and that's what it says to use at the back of the label I mean no one in the world can tell you what size hook to use except yourself okay right so that's my number one pet peeve okay okay fair enough that one is actually pretty pretty alright I think all my pet peeves (laughs) are (laughs) alright like they seem seem legit to you I feel like they're all legit okay so number two is people who who yarn under instead of yarn over. Oh man, I've seen those. Okay, y- yeah, I think so I know what you're I, talking about. So this is a particular pet peeve when I'm watching like YouTube or anything and I see people yarn under or it's not just YouTube, like videos in general. And I see people yarn under instead of yarn over. So basically, when they do a yarn over, instead of going under over, they go over under and basically like scoop it forward towards them in a downward motion. It really irritates me because firstly, it's just bad form. It's horrible technique. And if you need to yarn under, a yarn under is a yarn under. It's two different things. And there are times you need to yarn under, like if you're doing herringbone stitch, but there are so, other times you need to, most of the time you yarn over. So there is such a thing as a yarn under. Yes, of course. Okay. And like not all stitches, and actually yarn under is very, it, it's used in very little stitches. Mm. But I hate it when people do it and they, they, you know, they scoop it forward to themselves. And I can immediately already tell that this person is self-taught. No mm. one has corrected them. And also yarn under gives you a different look. Like for example, if you're doing like a, a single crochet cross stitch, you know, the cross single crochet stitch, you, you you yarn under instead of yarn over because it creates a different way of how the yarn wraps around the hook and gets pulled yeah, through. I'm so sure it's a look, different look. Yeah, it, you it, look entirely different, yeah. Yeah, and it really, really, really <laughs> irritates me. Especially if they're going to, you know, yarn over pull through, yarn over pull through or, or whatever. It yeah. just... And they do a yarn over and it's so... It's so jarring for me to watch. It's Would you say that they are doing it wrongly? Yes. I definitely would say they're doing it wrongly. And although I say there's no right and wrong, I mean in that, in general, there's no right or wrong way to do a particular stitch. But if in this stitch, it requires you to yarn under instead of yarn over, then do that. And you would never call the yarn under a yarn, a yarn over. over. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do the opposite, you know? Okay, so anyway, that's my number two pet peeve. Um, my number three pet peeve is also a visual thing. It is when people who hold their tension hand weirdly. Okay, I've also seen like some of those. I think because as a beginner, I watch 
YouTube a number of vi- videos, yeah, videos yeah. you know, trying to understand like some of the stitch because I don't really remember yeah, a lot and of I, them. I can imagine why it would be different for difficult for you because you haven't been crocheting for really long and like you watch me crochet, right? So yeah. because I do it a certain way, you are used to doing it a certain way. But when I first started, there was no right or wrong way for me to learn because I was pulling information from all different types of resource, right? But I have found that there are certain people, like over the years, I've developed a way of holding it that I think is most effective, yep. which is the way that I taught yep. you and the way I teach most of my students. But when I watch videos or see other people crocheting sometimes, I just think that they stuck to the way that they were taught and they never like improved or tried to modify the mm. way their hands work to make it more either comfortable or more intuitive for them. Oh, so yeah. like they, they grip their fingers weirdly and it, you know, my arms, my hands ache just watching the way like they grip. Especially those people who like, um, like who hook their middle, their second yeah. fin- index finger. Yeah. And like just doing it now, you can't see it, but you know, behind the camera, I'm actually you know trying, trying to, to show trying me. to show Mel how, how to your do fingers it. And I feel cramped like my up. Hands are gonna cramped, and these are. I mean, it's also people who when they, you know, when they try to yarn over, they don't actually yarn over. They actually use their attention hand and physically wrap the yarn yeah. around the hook. I remember seeing one video that was like this and I asked you, what is she doing? Is it some stitch or like a method or a different technique no, that she's, she's doing? It, it's just not the most effective. And I think... And the reason for that is because crochet is such a long and tedious craft. Yeah. You know, it's you don't it's not something that you can do within yeah, it's a very an hour. Slow craft, yeah. And so in order to make the process more most enjoyable and energy efficient, you know, you have to find a way to make it, you know, most comfortable for your hands to yeah. see what works for the way your hands are and you know what capabilities you have or like any physical limitations. It has to be sustainable for you and your energy. Otherwise you could also end up enjoying yourself and having like wrist problems or, yeah. or, or pain in your thumbs or fingers and whatnot and also like if it's going to be so uncomfortable and I, I will end up not enjoying the craft and probably won't want to continue also I think yeah and, and that's horrible because you know you I don't feel like that's giving crochet a fair chance yeah. in your life if that's how you feel you know mm. another thing is when people over wrap their yarn around <laughs> their second finger around their tension finger that like, their regulation finger yeah I think it's so it, it's so strange and I think it caused I tried to do it myself once okay. actually to be fair I think initially when I first uh, uh, started crocheting mm-hmm. and I had so much problem with the tension I find myself doing that to to kind of tighten the the um, the yarn over my fingers several times to kind of control that but as I got better I realised that yeah it's getting like too tight okay yeah. so I don't mean as a beginner trying to figure out what works for you I think as a beginner you should try everything including all of these things that drive me <laughs> insane okay but I'm referring to all people right. who ha- who are obviously already experienced in their craft yeah. and still do this as part of like their technique hmm. you know there's nothing really wrong with it I just don't feel that A sustainable and B it produces you know it's I, I think it's giving yourself extra work and I am you know I'm such a big 
fan of finding the most efficient route. Yeah. You know, to do things. And that and you know that that yeah. applies to me in my everyday life too. That there has to be a most efficient, you know, SOP to certain yeah. things. I mean I guess I guess I understand where, where you're coming from saying like maybe this could be what they started off with and they should like get yeah, better and over just time. Never yeah. Never try and like I I I know this because I have tried so many different ways of mm. holding yarn in both hands, uh, you know, in with bead tension hand or my crochet hook. Yeah. And I've tried so many different ways of holding it, and I have experimented with different things, and I have found uh, a, a modification, almost like a, a a mix of everything. Yeah. Slightly modified to fit the way I do it, so nobody would really hold your tension hand the way I, I would you, do it because yeah. it's my personal way. Yeah, and correct. even when I teach it to, in my cl- crochet classes, I tell people this is how we're gonna start. But if it doesn't work for you, we're gonna we're gonna alter and we're gonna try. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna yeah. keep tweaking the way you hold the yarn until you find what works for you and what's comfortable for you. You yeah. know, but you know, it just it really just drives me <laughs> crazy. It, and it's so distracting for me yeah. that I am not even able to concentrate, concentrate on the video. <laughs> so if you hold your yarn weirdly and you are trying to create a crochet, yeah, uh, you're just focusing on all the negative. Yeah, like, I would just part of it. I would just turn your video right off. <laughs> I would just look for another video. It's so important to me yeah. to not be like triggered by that. Okay, I don't know that that that's, that's just me. Okay, I can feel you like being triggered. Okay, next yeah. one. Okay, so number four is okay. It's people who say. That there is a correct way to chain and uh, to work into the chain stitches and that is to crochet into the back bumps of the chain stitch. Okay? Back bumps. There are some YouTubers out there, especially really famous ones, who like to say that there is a right way to crochet into the chain stitch. So you know how you create a foundation chain yep. and then you know you can either work into one of the loops or you can turn it to the back and the back bumps of the loops you work into there and some people say that's the correct way to do it. Okay. Okay. Which I think it's utter bullshit. <laughs> because there is no right or wrong way. It's just what technique you need to use in that moment. Right. So let me give you an example. You in when you create a chain stitch, you know that there's a front and the back, right? Yeah. The front side will be all the tiny V's and mm-hmm. it, it will be flat to the touch. When you run your thumb down that chain stitch, that whole bit will be flat. And then on the flip side on the back of your chain, you have mm. all the little bumps, correct? Yep. So, if you want to work into those back bumps, you can do that. And the result of that would be that the bottom of your work would have really nice Vs that mimic the end row, the end row that you're going to do at the end of your project. So, you don't have that line of chain at the bottom. Okay. Okay, so if that's the look you want, then go ahead and do that. Mm. But, some people don't like that look and it creates... So your tension, your your foundation chain, it shrinks. It the tension almost like, it almost goes into negative tension because you're pulling your chain stitches into each other. Uh. So there are also reasons why you don't want to do that. Okay. okay. So it's just different techniques. It's at just this point. a different technique. And also, if you want to do like a border, say if you're making a top, and you want to crochet the end of your top, maybe you want to do some scallop edging or some crown edge. Mm. You want to crochet not into the back bounds, but into one of the top parts of the V so that you leave the other part of the V at the bottom available for you to crochet to your edge into. Mm, okay. And so that's that's a way too. Yeah. There are other times you want to work into maybe using this technique is if you like that look at the bottom, if you feel like it gives you sort of like a foundation visually to build up, then okay, go ahead and do that. Yeah. But there is no right and there is no wrong. I do see a pattern here where you always, always 
talk about something and then you say, I hate it when people say that there's a right way, there is no right way. Yeah, and because it's like that, a constant it, thing, you know? You know, yeah, and you know, it's so funny because I get I get triggered by people who hold their tangent hand, in my opinion, not the correct way. But it's not that it's wrong, it's just that I can see that their process, they haven't changed since they first learned it. And yeah. they have you know, found an inefficient way to crochet and that bothers me. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, so moving on to my number five pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number five pet peeve are YouTube videos that over-explain how to do a single crochet or oh, a double crochet my. or half double or whatever. Yeah. You know, crochet videos that over-explain in the beginning how to do a chain stitch and how to do the slip knot oh my god, I just want to shoot myself in the brain when that happens. I think, because like firstly, I think it's it it lacks such awareness of the audience that they are, they are trying to reach. You know, and especially, let me give you an example, okay? Um, if I'm looking for something very specific, like how to do a shell stitch pattern, for yeah. example, okay? Um, oh no, let's talk about moss stitch, which, which is easier to explain, okay? So they will say, you know, how you, in a moss stitch, you want to do like a foundation chain and then you want to do a single crochet, chain one, skip one, single crochet, chain one, skip one, single crochet. Okay? So this whole video could be over in like 10 minutes. Yeah. But no. They go, okay, so now I'm going to teach you how to do the moss stitch. Okay? We're going to do a slip knot. We're going to take the yarn. We're going to wrap it around. We're going to loop, 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 whatever and pull through. Okay? Now we're going to do a chain stitch. We're going to yarn over. You see how I'm holding it? You see how I go under over? See how I pull uh-huh. through? That's a, you know? Yeah. And then they do the same with like, say, maybe a double crochet. They go, okay, yeah. so we want to yarn over. We want to find the stitch. I can feel the, the tension and the annoyance like Yeah, and then we want to go in and... Okay. Dude, somebody that is searching a specific video like how to do the linen stitch or moss stitch, they are going to know the basics. Yeah. No one with absolutely no idea of crochet is going to is going to open YouTube and go, hmm, how do I crochet I do a, a linen yeah. stitch? It I think it lacks such awareness of who yeah. who the audience is. Like, yeah, come on, I, like where at which part do I get to the part where I actually want to learn, right? And it's so it's so boring for someone like me and I think a lot of you listening too who already know how to do a single, already know how to do a chain. Yeah, or double even. Who already know the basic stitches and now want to improve upon your skill. I mean, go ahead and put up like specific videos like specifically how to single, how to double. Yeah. And if you really need to, just mention in your video, if you need help with all these stitches, I have, you know, a Other playlist. Or what? Go and yeah. learn that before you come back to this. You know, these are the stitches you need and then let's hop right in. Yeah, people need to get to the point, you know? Yeah, I think it and I also think it it it, it undermines the audience ability a lot. You know, especially if I'm looking for how to create maybe like a, a crochet mandala or yeah, whatever. Where the stitch or, or the project is obviously like an advanced level or something yeah, like that. Yeah, correct. Right? I am not going to need you to explain <laughs> to <slip> me knot. <laughs> how to create a slip knot and how, you know, you know some of these videos spend like a good like two minutes explaining how to do a double crochet. And two from my point of view, if I want to, you know, chop, chop, get to the point, yeah, I have to sit through two minutes oh. and it's so... Uh, yeah. I'm just tired thinking about it. I can see you it. zoning out already and probably like looking for another video. Okay, so um, the next pet peeve... Uh, oh, actually, I'm down to my last two. Okay, so the next pet peeve is people who think they can crochet after like four or five sessions with me. And a lot of the times, it's 
you can tell when they, they start asking specific questions, they start going, okay, so if I were to explain this to somebody else, how would I do it? There is a very big difference difference between learning how to crochet, knowing how to crochet confidently, knowing how to explain to a friend how to do, you know, do a single yeah. double, between developing a curriculum, planning activities in level of like complexity, yeah. and how intricate a stitch is, there is a very, very big difference between planning a curriculum, developing a program to help teach someone something versus, mm. you know, me telling you, hey, do this, do that. And yeah. then like, you know, no, watch me what I do, you know? Yeah, and they just follow. Yeah, so I think a very good example would be like, if I were to teach someone how to cook, mm. you know, if I was like an egg, if I'm teaching just a friend, I would be like, oh yeah, you know, just crack the egg, turn on the heat, you know, just do this a little bit and then yeah. voila, you're done. Yeah. But if you go to school, they're going to really go in depth with you. If you go to culinary school, they're yeah. really going to go in depth. They're going to explain to you why you do it a certain way. You know, they're going to make you make the mistakes. Yeah. And, and you, they're going to teach you all the different things and why it works and the chemistry behind it and everything. And you're yeah. going to have a real deeper, fuller understanding yeah. of how to cook an egg, which is actually not that easy. Yeah. So, and I think that's akin to people taking, you know, one or two lessons. It's worse if <laughs> it's one or two lessons. But, you know, they finish one or two packages with me and they go, I want... I want to be able to teach this. Like, you yeah. know, tell me how you teach we them. Always, yeah, we always have conversations like this. Like you being able to do something versus you being able to teach somebody is two, two separate, different things. Yeah, you it's know? two separate things. You may things. be able to do it perfectly, but not pass on that knowledge to somebody else. Yeah, and I think really it's 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 more the mindset of these people that really annoy me. Yeah, it's like you would never go to you know maybe like a candle making workshop. And leave the workshop thinking, I'm good now now I'm gonna start a business. Yeah. Unless you're paying, you know, for like a full on course, you know, like a, a 30, 40, 50 hour course that you're taking and you're actually learning how to teach people. Yeah, like being certified or something like that. Yeah, and like that's the reason why in order to teach you need to go to school. Like yeah. regular it's just like any with any sort of teaching. You you not only need to learn the craft you need to learn how to develop the program and you need to learn how to communicate that efficiently to somebody while creating like a curric- a physical curriculum, yeah. you know, for yeah. them. So like... I mean, like you say, it's exactly like school, right? Yeah, that's something that really, 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 really irritates me. I think at the end of the day, it's about understanding the craft. You cannot just learn something and for you to pass it on to somebody, if you don't understand it, how are you going to explain it properly to a person, you know? Yeah, and it's, I think... yeah. Like I said, I think it's more the mindset of these people that, you know, they want things fast and easy yeah. and they don't really think about the bigger planning of things. Like, it's not so much, it's not just me teaching, it's me figuring out how much material you're going to need, you know, where I can get my material from because I can't be buying it at cost, you know, at retail price and, and, and using it in my class. You know, how do I do all that while keeping my costs low and, you know, blah, 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 so that I don't charge people too much. And it comes with all these things that I think when people say they want to teach, they want to do it full time and teach crochet, you know, unless you've been doing it for years, you may be able to teach them how to do the right thing but it's beyond that, right? It's yeah. being able to capture when they do something wrong and tell them why it's wrong and, you know, and let them know that if this is what's comfortable for you, we can modify what we're mm. doing to make this your your preferred yeah, method. Yeah, like how to rectify mistakes and things like that. Yeah, and how to troubleshoot all the mistakes yeah. that you, you might encounter along the way, any tips and tricks. All this is part of teaching and 
you know, it really... It's it, not something that you can just develop. No. Just like that. It's just not four or five classes. Yeah, it's, and you know, four sessions with me is eight hours. And you're not going to be able to teach someone something after only eight hours. Yeah. And any, any craftsperson, anybody who has gone through extensive training in their craft, in their life, is going to feel my pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no one can say, oh, teach me your job in eight hours. Yeah, no. correct. Even just, you know, changing jobs, you need like a full week, a week of handover time, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's that. Now for my last pet peeve, which I think you might share okay. with me, is people who come to us as makers and say, oh, I could totally get this cheaper elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many times we've heard this one. Yeah, and you know, I feel I feel the pain for yeah. all makers yeah. out there. Or, or not just makers, anybody that provides a service. Mm. I feel your pain when somebody says, Oh my god, it's so expensive. You know, can you can you give it to me at a cheaper cheaper yeah. price? You know, or when they say, I've been supporting you for so long, I deserve a discount. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it you know, the more you order, like the more you buy, especially in crochet, and anybody that crochets out there is gonna feel my pain too. Even if you're not running a business, the more someone orders from you, the more time you spend on it, and the, like the longer a project draws on. Yeah. And they want it for cheaper. Like this is not a bulk buy on like AliExpress. Yeah. I think sometimes these people maybe they don't understand like what goes on into the craft, like. Like, uh, they forget that, or maybe they don't know that crochet is actually a very slow craft. Like, you cannot machine make like, yeah. crochet stuff. You actually have to, somebody actually has to sit down somewhere and handmade this for you. And it can take hours or even days or weeks just to complete something. Okay, so my take on it is that I think people have just heard the, the, the concept so much that the, the more things you buy of that same one thing, the cheaper it gets. And I think people have just heard this concept so much that they forget to apply it appropriately. Yeah. So if you are, you know, if you're getting something made from a machine, you know, then yes, of course, the more they do, the better it is for the, for the, for the cost of the factory to yeah. churn out more of the same thing, right? But this is only if it's done by a machine because machines are expensive to operate, right? So the faster and the more things you can get out of a machine, the better. But humans are not machines. Yeah, correct. And, you know, you won't go into like Chanel and say, oh, I want like 10 handbags, give it to me at a cheaper rate. No, yeah. they'll charge you more for delivery. <laughs> you know, you end up yeah. paying more because everything is handmade. And the reason why I say Chanel, it, it could be anything, you know, it could be any, any, any retail store you walk in. Yeah. You know, if you do get a bundle or a discount for getting more items, it's because it's down to the the makers themselves choosing to earn less from you yeah. out of goodwill. And it's not because it's cheaper or easier for them to make. Yeah, I think for sure it's, it's not. I think people have just heard it so much that they forget that, you know, it doesn't apply to things that I are mean, handmade. Yeah, there's a reason why it's called handmade, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we are using our hands and uh, like how many hours can you commit in a day and how long... Yeah, you know, exactly. you, you you can actually continue working like non-stop. It's just, you know, yeah, it doesn't make sense. roles reverse, I'm quite sure that very little people would have the patience, especially people who yeah. customise handmade things, you know, be it clay earrings or be, it, you know, like a, a painting or ceramics. Like, give roles reverse, they would not be able to do this day after day after day after day. Yeah. But they expect it of someone and they expect it cheaper. 
And it really annoys me because I know that these people are going around. I, I don't want to say disres- disrespecting, but it's, it is very disrespectful to all the other artists. And if you are able to get it from somewhere cheaper, the only benefit you get out of it is you getting it cheaper. Your wallet saves. Yeah. Some other maker out there, which I've said before in another episode, I think, some other maker out there is losing money trying to give you that discount in order to keep you as a customer oh. because they see you as a valued customer worth keeping and I think if there's any takeaway is that you need to remember that you know that someone is disadvantaging themselves for your for, for your st- benefit for yeah. your stupid discount yeah it's, I mean it's pretty sad like, the industry but I mean more people are supporting locals like local businesses so I think that's a good thing yeah I do think though that for every one uh, local maker supporter <laughs> there's like three that don't believe in it. Mm. And I find it's like so funny that people think that um, handmade things are not as sturdy. It's <laughs> such a weird concept because uh, there are so many times and I don't know whether you've encountered this too but there are so many times where someone comes to our booth or like our stall at an art market and they say, oh, this is handmade. Then are you sure it's sturdy? You know, are you sure it's, it's this and that? And the same thing goes for all our other friends who also have you know, booths at art market and sometimes, you know, we go to their stall to hang out and chill and I see them get asked the same question like, oh, this dress is handmade. Are you sure it's not going to fall apart on me? And in fact, it being handmade is what will ensure that quality because it's it's cared for by hand, you know? Yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, we do have a lot of people who they are not, uh, they, they don't do it for business, but they are crafters and makers as well. So when they pick up your product and the, they can yeah. tell immediately that it's well made. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, these are like-minded people that, you know, you have conversations with and they go to and they actually buy from us and support us because they know how well your, your product has been made, you know? Yeah. I just think it's the, it's the mindset of people that if yeah. it's not made by a machine, it's not sturdy. Regardless if it's crochet, regardless, you know, it, it applies to clothing, I found, or like leather handbags or leather goods. I hear people say all the time, oh, this is handmade, you know, if someone actually stitched it in, you know, you need to account for human error. So it's it's obviously not as well made as it could be from a machine who can do things perfect <laughs> every time. But, you know, it's that mindset yeah. that you would trust in a machine, a brainless machine yeah. with mechanical hands, mm-hmm. you know, that can work eight hours a day and produce like the same results every time. But the same results doesn't mean good results. Yeah, exactly. I just think people need to change their perspective on that. Mm. So anyway, yeah, so he, these are my... Was it seven or eight? I think seven. Did I you think, say seven? I think seven. I wasn't yeah. keeping count, this sorry. This is like my my seven different uh, pet peeves when it yeah. comes to crochet. You know, when you are talking about the videos just now, I just got reminded of uh, some videos that we have watched before. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember you mentioning um, about something... Uh, where people don't do a slip knot. Instead, they oh, do a gosh. double knot or something so like that, which your, was very yeah. weird to me. I don't think it's actually like a pet piece for me, but when I saw it, you I was very weird. confused. Yeah. Okay, so what she's saying is that in some YouTube videos that we have seen, um, instead of doing a slip knot, people actually do a double knot or triple knot you know, over the crochet hook itself. To say that uh, I need to keep it onto the hook so it doesn't come out or something like that. Yeah, or that it's Some more theory. secure this yeah. way or whatever. And I was like, is this legit? <laughs> um, if you're thinking 
of it in terms of just a knot. Of course, a slip knot is meant to slip out. That's why it's got a slip knot. Yeah. And a double knot is meant to stay still. But if you are crocheting it correctly, and if you know how to sew in your ends correctly and do it the right way, I have not found any instances where doing a double knot over a crochet hook works better. It's so funny. It, I don't know where they get that that idea from, but yeah, I, I know what you mean and I've seen it and yeah. <laughs> it oh, also so does so bother me. Yeah, okay, okay. So, but it doesn't matter like, whether they do that or not, technically. Uh, I don't. From my experience, I don't think it, it matters. And in fact, I think it's, it's worse because there are some techniques that, you know, that... Uh, allow you to overchain the number of stitches you want and when you've gotten to the end of your of your pattern or row uh-huh. repeat or stitch repeat you just undo the the chain stitch from the other end oh. to get the correct perfect length that you want that's hmm. also a technique and if you do a slip knot or a double knot you, you just won't be able to do, do that. that ah okay got it yeah, so that's one okay Okay, so these are my pet peeves and I'm sure that you guys have your own. And if you want to say anything about it, please drop us a message. Let we us really, know. We really want to know and start a conversation with you. You can find us on Instagram at SG, or drop us a, a text at 912-72743. WhatsApp us there or you can text us there. And visit our website www.crookedcrochet.com and that wraps it up for this episode and we'll see you in the next one. See ya. Bye. Bye.